Wellity, well, well, well. Well, 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 I've had a stroke. <laughs> Here we are, back at it again. It seems that the turntables have come home to roost. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Welcome to the World Gossip Podcast. Katie, you are here. I am here. How are you, Joey Joey? I am discombobulated. Yes, that's... And I don't know when the recombobulation will, <laughs> if ever, commence. <laughs> I feel like we've been in a state of discombobulation for about 18 months now, so... Yes. Or a century. I don't know. I was going to say, time has no meaning. That's taken either 10 years or three days. I'm really not sure at this point. Yeah. It was like that time when January went on for three months and um, uh, we all were very confused why it was suddenly still January. So, So what's happening, Joey Jojo? Well, well, speaking of back at it again, the Queen got back to work, which seems very soon. Yes. But, I mean, what else is she going to do? Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you know, she can't, you know, go around making apologies for Philip's gaffes anymore. So, you know. No, it seemed, and I know, I mean, everybody said the official morning was... Um, eight days? Eight days. Mm. But, yeah, it seemed quite startling to have her mm. back in the floral and back talking to ambassadors on Zoom as she does. I, I wonder whether it was like a... You mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts about people, specifically her children, looking at her and going, well, Dad's gone and that means Mum, you know, starting to have that realisation that Mum wasn't going to be around forever. I sort of wonder whether that action of her just sort of getting back into it is like her saying, oh, don't you think I'm going anywhere? Like, I'm not going to retire. Oh, I'm not taking my hands off the reins or finger (laughs) off the button or however that works yeah yeah i'm i'm made of strong stuff and i'm not going to you know not going to be retiring anytime soon and i'm still up for the job so i don't know i mean we can speculate and we are the royal gossip not royal fact podcast (laughs) as you point out so yeah i i sort of think it's a it's a it's a combination of keeping yourself busy because when you are grieving um nothing is worse than having lots of spare time on your head and nothing to do but grieve um, and just to say, look, everything's back on trackish, you know. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, it's it's both those. Because what and, are you going to do? And really? the other thing is too is as uh, Charles and um, a number of people point out, pretty much everyone in England has lost someone in this last twelve months, and have a fair idea of how horrible that is. And it would be difficult to sort of say, well, I lost my husband to you know old age. And wallow in it for a year when you've got to lead from the front, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Provide life, an example. Yeah, continue on. I noticed that they updated the Instagram uh, profile, so it's just a picture of her alone now, not the pair of oh, them. God. So, oh God, that's a bummer. But I guess seeing him there all the time's a bummer too. I don't know what yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Oh lordy. Gosh, yeah. That that would be hard. So, I mean, thank God at least. In terms of solo events, she doesn't have to really go anywhere these days. It's all she's on the Zoom, and he wasn't there anyway for that. No, so. no, no. Yeah, when, you know, having having, and you know, I'm glad that he got to have four years because it was four years, wasn't it, that he was retired or nearly? No, well, three and a yeah, bit. ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, three and a few months, but to get some time to just 
not have to look at people and go, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are we at the train station yet? <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes, and the Queen, well, she wasn't on Twitter, but they, were, of course, like everybody, were wishing a very happy 10th wedding anniversary to Kate and Wills. Mm-hmm. Well done to them. They put up a very cute video of them and the little Cambridgeses. Well. Didn't they, Catherine? <laughs> What's wrong with that now? Oh, it looked like a jewellery commercial for Mother's Day. What I do you want do. them to do? Produce a snuff video? I mean, it's... A... <laughs> Why produce a video at all? Everything's fine. Our marriage is perfectly okay and healthy and wonderful. And look at us. We're rich and alive with pleasure. <laughs> It's a smoking commercial from the 70s. You don't need to attack them all the time. But I don't know. Who else puts out a video for their 10th wedding anniversaries? Like, seriously, why? I don't know what the royal precedent for that is, whether people usually put out a video. Oh, no one has ever put out a video. It's such a bizarre thing to do. They want everybody to share in their laughter and joy of their little ones looking delightful. And I'm sure their real-life five-year-old kids, so they're probably very punchable in real life. <laughs> like, they don't include in the video where they throw themselves on the floor wanting a biscuit, you know. I mean, it's William's life. punchable it's not... in real life. I mean, like... Oh, <laughs> how dare you. No, I thought that was very silly and, you know, it would have been perfectly all right with some photographs just released. It just... Yeah, I don't know what that was for, whether it was for a smoking campaign or a bladder control pad for the women, you know. It just was wrong. I'm so confident I can wear white pants now. Yes. Ride a horse on the beach. <laughs> Having three children has done nothing to my pelvic floor. Well, don't look at me like oh that. Oh, my God. No, it's just the phrase pelvic floor. <laughs> what? Pelvic dance floor? No, I don't know. I just picture it needing a squeegee <laughs> down or something. I don't know. Pelvic parquetry? I mean. Oh, Christ. Are we going to put out an anniversary video? Uh, what you and me? Yeah, yeah we're going to for need our a, anniversary or for this. We're going to need a wide lens. Both of us put on a few How kilos. Dare you? I'm cutting that out. <laughs> Why are you lying about me and you? Totally in. Yes, yes, we're both the total svelte babes we were when we met many, many years ago. Speaking of sexy, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall were out and about. <laughs> You're hilarious. King of the segways, <laughs> rolling on in. So Prince Charles was, of course, paying tribute because we've had Anzac Day happen to us. Mm -hmm. So he was paying tribute to all the uh, men and women of the Australian and New Zealand Armed Forces. So good for him. And he held a meeting with Commonwealth leaders from the Caribbean and the Americas, ahead of the Chogham. Yes. So where's Chogham being held this year? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. In that place where they have them. Ah, okay. I did know and I've forgotten. Yes, well, that's... Um, the 21st century malaise, isn't it? And what I mean is, is it going to be a virtual thing or are they actually meeting somewhere? No, I'm sure I've read that it was somewhere. All right, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Um, okey and uh, uh, yes, funny you should ask, Catherine, Chogham is being held in uh, that place. Yes, which I'll just look at that. Chogham which I'll just... is uh, going to be in Rwanda. Uh, it's, oh. in, it's in Rwanda, you dumb bitch. Why don't you <laughs> keep up with what's going on? <laughs> My God. Uh, so it's in Kigali in w Wakanda. So, no, Rwanda. <laughs> Is it in Wakanda? Is that what you were trying, thinking oh you were going to say? God, did I just say that? You're a racist. 
No. Oh my god. Cancelled. I wanted to be Blocked in Wakanda. And reported. I wanted to be in Wakanda. I'm sorry, but I want us to be in Wakanda. Oh, exactly. No, it is Rwanda. From the uh, dates are I'm looking at the dates here. Twenty uh, first of June, twenty twenty one. Too late for us to book and go. I wouldn't be going there anyway. I'm not up to date with my uh, Pfizer vaccine, so. Oh, I think you'd need more than one vaccine to go to Africa. Is that still the case? I'm sure. Oh, they've got the South African variant. That's right. Oh, sorry. It's. They call it the South African variant, not because South Africans have particularly transmitted it, it's just, just where they discovered it. So um, That's the case with all the variants, right? They don't yeah, yeah, necessarily they've changed. native to where yeah. they're named. Yeah, the British one is um, they've renamed that the Kent variant. So we have to be careful when we're talking about that one. You get an itchy Kent <laughs> if you have it. Is the thing that I read. No. Uh, also, the Prince's Foundation is going to create a new training and education base at his uh, estate in Highgrove. And I don't know what that means, and they didn't explain it. Okay. But I, the other training bases, uh, education bases he's had have been basically apprenticeships in real crafts. I mean, like literally stonemasonry and Let's thatching get roofs and <laughs> check out that. my thatch. Yes. <laughs> You're coming up with the course names? Yeah. <laughs> the roof, the roof is on fire. Yes. Animal husbandry. <laughs> I'm leaving that one alone. Because there's actually a great demand for these things in England. I mean, there are grade one listed buildings mm. that need repairing and maintaining. And as we learnt when the castle caught fire, there was a lot of work that needed to be done that there was just literally no one alive who knew how to do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I suppose it's not a um, a huge, um, this day and age, if, if you've got a choice of going off and travelling the world or staying home and studying stone masonry for however many years that takes it. Yes, I mean... more dedication than you and I have, I think. I would think so. Mind you, we say that and we're social recluses and stuff. Well, you, home. not me, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going along with you to be polite. And Prince Charles was also talking about the dire situation in India, which is just... Oh, my gosh. Horrendous. Every day you look at that and go, there couldn't be any more bad information that comes out of that, and then something else happens. It's just... Don't even know where to begin with all of that. It's just horrendous. They don't have enough machines to... Apparently, you somehow make the oxygen out of the air, obviously. I don't know Mm. where I thought we pulled it from. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I saw a doctor on CNN who was basically saying, we've waited 10 hours for a delivery of half an hour's worth of oxygen. And it's, I don't know where to begin with that, so I shan't. Mm. But the main show for Anzac Day was, of course, bringing the glamour and excitement, the Princess Royal and Vice Admiral Sir Tim. Oh, was he out about, was he? electrified the crowds with his uh, charisma and magnetism. (laughs) Well, look, he's a sturdy, reliable fellow. What more do we want? No, exactly. That is actually the case. He doesn't mean need to be a sex kitten. We've got you for that. Well, true. Someone's got to bring the sex appeal. Which uh, Princess Anne also did in a rather jaunty hat, I thought. Oh, I missed that photo. Yes, she was. Uh, she really rocks the coat and the knee-high boots, which I think is always cool. Yes, it's got the bit the of ta- a saucy school mom vibe yeah, to it. I yeah, think. yeah, sort of a uh, late sixties, early seventy thing. My mother tried to emulate, and uh, until Laura and I, my sister, ran off with her boots doing Wonder Woman. In, no, not Wonder Woman. It was uh, Batwoman at that point. Ah, right. <laughs> 
So do I. <laughs> so Princess Anne and uh, Sir Tim were at the dawn service at Wellington Arch. Mm-hmm. So they basically stood in for the Queen and did the full major show. So they had a fun day of doing the dawn service. They visited both war memorials and they uh, were obviously at the service of commemoration at Westminster Abbey, mm-hmm. where they were hobnobbing with our beloved High Commissioner and uh, other oh, dignitaries. Mr. George Brandis, QC. What, which wouldn't be a fun day, and I realised, thank God, for the, that would be a heavy day coming off your husband's funeral, then like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I can't do a full day of that now. It's all, let's send in the big guns and get Princess Anne to do it, and that should just be her thing. Mm. And again, the medals. I'm going to start campaigning for this. We need to let these guys start a second row of medals. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some of them are just ridiculous. Maybe they could wear um, miniatures of their medals. Because even Princess Anne, I'm like, if you get it many more medals, they're going to be right off the shoulder. Like, it, it's... Um, yeah, she it's could wear lot. them as epaulets. No, that's just a joke for anyone who comes at me. Oh, I was supposed to do a shout-out for you today, too, so uh, I'll come back to that. Okay. There's something to look forward to. <laughs> And the Countess of Wessex, of course, was busy with various horrendous topics, doing many Zoom meetings. She was on a call with the Gambian government, who are very excited because they've managed to eliminate trachoma, which is the world's leading... The bird disease? Uh, no, it causes people hair. to go... It, makes, it causes blind. It's the world's most infectious cause of blindness. And they've oh managed God. to entirely eliminate it from Gambia. The Countess was on that call because she's the actually she's the global ambassador of the International Agency for the Prevention of Blindness, amongst her many other causes. Oh, okay. So she was on with them and, again, was talking with the UN and various other uh, freedom from torture organisations about her ongoing work to help support survivors of conflict-related sexual violence, which, again, is a hilarious topic that will just I know. sail straight past. But I know. God bless her. She takes on things that are just so tough that you wouldn't, I mean, you know, nobody's in favour of these things, but it's so hard to even face something like, oh, I don't even want to think about it or talk about it. Yeah, and, you know, that's uh, as as much as you might uh, pay out on certain members of the royal family, there are ones who do not shy away from the hard topics and the difficult conversations, so. Moving on to the happy anniversary couple, (laughs) our sweethearts, their royal cutie pies, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge who were also at Westminster Abbey for Anzac Day. Oh, okay. Now, listeners, I should tell you, and I I will uh, get uh, Joe to post this up on the Patreon for um, people to have a look at, our members to have a look at. Joe and I have been trying uh, various versions of the wedding cake. Not the main wedding cake, but the one that Prince William wanted, which is the... The, <laughs> what did we call it? It's uh, nothing that you have served me yet has qualified as cake. No. I don't say <laughs> it's basically chocolate booze. Well, the version that we did was had booze in it and biscuits. And uh, yeah, the first one was basically just a block of chocolate with biscuits embedded in it. Yes, and the second which version, I, which I ate, <laughs> yeah, I ended sec- up eventually eating it all. <laughs> the second version was a block of chocolate with biscuits that had been soaked in brandy. So yes, <laughs> which-, which I also ate. Yes. So we have been uh, suffering for our art for you uh, people, and we have a lovely recipe which uh, we will put up on the Patreon. But if you get it right, you'll stop making it, so I don't think you're ever going to get it right, (laughs) in my estimation. (laughs) Speaking of baking, the Cambridges also delivered 
some Anzac bickies to both high commissions Oh, in London. What, both the Australian and the New Zealand? Yes. And I thought, I'd, listen, bless them, sweet idea, but I'm just a, imagining our high commissioner on Anzac. They're going, oh, good, more Anzac biscuits. <laughs> Precisely what we needed today because they would have received 20 packets of what are horrible biscuits. Well, if they were hand-baked, um, they would have been better than the packaged ones, which are usually quite dreadful. Oh, well, that's what I'm basing my opinion on. I wouldn't eat an Anzac biscuit if you... No, that's probably a bad analogy when talking of Anzac Day. What uh, is there, what is there not... in an Anzac biscuit you wouldn't eat? It's a dry biscuit. I mean, I don't even really like a dry cookie-type biscuit like that anyway. Well, uh, you don't really drink tea or coffee either, do you? So it's not no. really... Yeah, see, I think those sorts of biscuits are a... I mean, if we're having Anzac cookies and vodka, then I'm going to be into the Anzac cookies, but, you know... Uh. What, not even a chocolate Anzac biscuit? I oh, know that's sacrilege. Well, that's to not an Anzac want. biscuit, is it? I mean, then that's a chocolate biscuit with... Oh, I don't know what's, what's in an Anzac biscuit. Nothing you wouldn't eat. It's literally processed white flour, sugar, butter, mm-hmm. a bit of baking soda, and oats. Because the whole thing is it's designed to be able to keep in an airtight box to be sent from Australia to the trenches. That was the whole thing. This is a biscuit that doesn't fall apart. It's... You know, no, and rats won't eat it because it's inedible. <laughs> no, I don't know how they managed to make them so bloody dry and horrendous. Well, they're obviously not doing it correctly. But oh. um, I'm fairly certain that, uh, knowing George Brandis as I do, name drop, uh, he would love an Anzac biscuit. And especially yeah, one I'm of the royal I'm just thinking like there would be a pile of them on this day. But maybe no one else thought of that. Who knows? Moving on to former members of the family... <laughs> <laughs> the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will be appearing on Global Citizens Vax Live, which will be a YouTube concert encouraging people to get vaccinated, which mm-hmm. is being held by their charity, which has a name. Oh, Global Citizens. Right. Okay. That's the name of the charity. <laughs> Excellent. They've got a great profile. Never fucking heard of them. <laughs> They're doing a bang up job. Well, given that they just made the announcement this week, it's probably not. Oh, okay. unsurprising that you right. wouldn't know. I'm like, this is the first I'm hearing of it, but it yes, is the first I'm hearing, hearing of it. Of it so. Yes. Now, well, what? <laughs> well, I thought our. One I don't want it... any bombshell announcements. No, no, no. Are no. you pregnant? Am I pregnant? Because that would explain a lot. Well, no. I was going to do a shout out to our Patreon supporter who I was thought was going to support me, but I've just read what she's written, and she said, "Shout out to Katushka, feather brained." I'm the Patreon person who was going to gang up with Kate, and I do agree with Joe on the handwriting. Ha ha! yes. Checkmate! It's intense. Oh, lordy. If you weren't listening last week, what the fuck is wrong with you? And also, uh, maybe it wasn't even last week. Maybe it, was. it was. Oh, it was? Yes. Yeah. Again, time. I know. Uh, we discussed how the Duchess of uh, Sussex's handwriting is, to say the least, pretty friggin' intense. <laughs> and I just went, that's calligraphy, um, you know, because it's mostly my default position to defend her. But, uh, yes, and I thought Katushka was going to have my back on this one. Oh, <laughs> and also, I was thinking about that afterwards. As someone who, and I'm sure she does, I don't mean allegedly, but for someone who apparently writes a lot of thank you notes, mm. I've looked at one of those cards, I'm like, this must have taken a half a friggin' hour to write this. There's no way you could be writing at speed with that crazy performative handwriting. No, no. Well, given that my handwriting looks like uh, chicken scratchings, I'm inclined to agree. 
I can barely write. Can't remember where it was, but if I get a pen and have to write, like fill out a form or something, my hand's hurting after 20 seconds because mm. who writes anything anymore? I know, it's crazy. And so on to our main topic of the day. Which is? Well, uh, because apparently this week or very soon Prince Charles wants to have a major way forward strategic meeting mm-hmm. and everyone involves is a goddamn numbnuts who has no idea what they're doing, mm-hmm. I thought we should just better have one ourselves. Okay. For them. Okay. I chair this meeting. (laughs) Gong, gong. Yes, as someone who hasn't been in an office for, what, 15 years, I don't even know how to host a meeting anymore. No, but I'm going to get some more water before we start. So the thing you've got to know about Joe is that he wears a prosthetic backside. And that's all I've got to say about Joe. The way forward. Our 20-year plan. Number one... They're fucked. (laughs) This whole streamlined monarchy thing is now a very serious problem. Mm. Now, when you look at the short list of who the Queen invited to their Christmas lineup, Mm -hmm. it's bugger all people. And if you eliminate everybody who's going to be... In 20 years' time, Prince Charles is going to be 92 slash dead. Princess Anne's going to be 90. Sophie's the youngest amongst the generation, and she'll be 76. As soon as I start saying this, I realise they'll all still be younger than the Queen is now, so they probably will all still be active at that point. But you also need to have people who are able to garner the interest of young people and, and bring in new people to support these causes that they're involved in. So... What are we doing in terms of, like, I mean, is this the role that we're going to assign to uh, the three Cambridge children? I mean, we have two people who are not going to be heirs there, and, I mean, are they going to look at, you know, whatever, what always happens to the second in line and go, oh, maybe we don't want to be involved in this. I mean, they have people... I mean, they're going to have to be active. I mean, that's going to be the royal family at that point. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, they've got... Eugenie and um, Beatrice, who've always wanted to be involved and have been constantly pushed aside by Charles, which is ludicrous and very short-sighted. Um, well, it you... certainly turned out to be that way, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, now, basically, they can't have the Cambridges do literally everything. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly don't understand. Charles has got millions, and to say that Eugenie and Beatrice don't have a role to play... I think is ridiculous. I mean, you know, those girls have never been given the chance they deserve. And I mean, you know, people go on, oh, about they're ridiculous or whatever. And it's just like, what do you want them to do? Yeah. What do you want them to do? I mean, they're dedicated and, you know, they are committed to their grandmother and they were very committed to their grandfather and they want to do good works. And it's Charles who's been running the show all along, pushing them aside because he doesn't like their mother and he doesn't particularly like their father either. But, I mean, they shouldn't be shamed for what their father's done, right? No, no. And, I mean, if, if you've got members of the royal family who want to do charitable work, and these girls clearly do, they do want to work, then let them bloody work. That'd be such a jerk, Charles. And it wouldn't even really be a public backdown because we've surmised most of this, right? Mm. It's not like he's ever publicly declared that he's slimming down the monarchy or clearing no, I, out I the balcony. I th- think he did at one point, but then, like... <sighs> This is the thing, you've got to go back and go, was that 
a press release or was it something I read in the newspapers before we started this podcast about he was trying to get the girls to pay for their apartments in Kensington Palace uh, when they because they'd apparently been getting a um, free rent there for quite a while and I heard that he was cutting them off from that, which seemed to be rather cruel when... Yeah, and, and arguing that that's to stave off criticism mm. where nobody cares. Nobody's no. criticising them or no. gives two craps about them. No. Like, I mean... It's not like know, they're costing a fortune. No, and it's... Um, I think, you know, there, there used to be manufactured outrage, which, you know, let's be honest... Kensington Palace is quite happy to leak things that's not related to the Cambridges or the uh, Cornwalls um, and say, oh, yes, they're, they're bad. Like Beatrice went on a holiday and got got papped while she was over there and they were going, oh, she's so lazy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going, what, the girl's not allowed to have a holiday and go for a swim on a beach? Oh, I know, yeah. Like, seriously, um, we're all entitled to a holiday. Joe. No. <laughs> anyway, yes, I think... Uh, I'm saying we hit the casinos. Well, Let's if, go. I'm if, into it. I want a free prawn cocktail, please, and as much booze as I can handle, <laughs> which is a two glasses I these days. I was going to say, well, that's not going to take long. <laughs> but I'll pretend I can drink more for you. I'll, I'll siphon it into one of those wine bras for you. Yeah. Just off, off topic slightly, but if you've no, got to, never. <laughs> if you've got to go to an event with a wine bra because you can't get through an event, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that that might be your not enough wine at that event is only symptomatic of what might be a larger problem. Yeah, yeah, warmed body temperature, class act. I won't do it again. I promise. Certainly not during staff meeting. No, film. like mulled wine at the best of times, let alone one that's been tit mulled. <laughs> So has uh, Charles started this meeting or is this a work in progress? No, it seems a bit of a grey area when they're having it, but there, there, there do need to be discussions about, like there's some major things that we need to set in motion. Mm. The biggest problem, whether they think so or not, has to be the uh, molesting elephant in the room. Mm. And I guess on some level, this probably won't be said out loud at the meeting, but they would have to think, or Charles would have to think, once Mummy is gone, Mm. there goes Andrew's protector. Mm. And the last living person who believes his bullshit, or has to pretend they do, because what else do you do? Yeah. Do they think now, oh, the worst of the criticism is over. He's, He's skated through, basically. And now all he needs to do is keep his head down and end of story. Mm. Or that this is never going to go away. I mean, it's not getting worse by the day. No. People aren't... I mean, there have been protests, but people aren't howling at the walls night and day over this thing, which is strange considering the things people on Twitter go off over. Yeah. And they're not worried about that. I think there is, whether we admit it or not, there is a resignation that at a certain point money and status protects you and unless something else comes out now with demonstrable evidence that there are other things that he did i think we're never going to get justice for this girl i mean just as a spoiler there's other stuff he's done oh for and sure evidence of it on some level exists yeah and it is a great shame that the police officer who used to guard andrew was done for fraud 
because now any testimony that he could give about this will be always tainted by that. Um, he does have a Twitter account. I can't remember what it was because I've um, my Twitter account. I closed it down a while ago and I forgot. Was it, I think his name was Paul. But he was the one who said there were just women night and day. And if he was, if he didn't show them through, he'd get a phone call from Andrew swearing at him and carrying on. Oh yes. So yes, the short answer is the reason that woman got through to Andrew a couple of weeks ago was because that's been the process for a very long time and crazy women have rocked up there and sorry let me rephrase that women who you would otherwise who are expect, crazy yeah yeah who maybe have an axe to grind with him would probably have been allowed through to stop the scandal in the street and photographs and that sort of thing but i've no doubt he's paying a lot of people off or mummy's paying a lot of people off it'll be interesting to see what happens when she passes is but prince charles isn't going to proactively throw him under the bus. Yes, but I don't think he's going to pull him back either. Like, I don't... If he doesn't want to pay for protection for his own son or for Andrew's two daughters, which he doesn't, and he wanted them to pay rent, suggests to me that he's very unlikely to pay off anybody who has children as a result of Andrew or has an axe to grind. I mean, a smart legal person probably would have advised a one-off payment with a non-disclosure um oh imagine how many times that has happened oh but we'll get back to his finances Mm. but in short he can't come back the girls maybe yes lady louise is 17 now Mm -hmm. i don't know their lack of titles means that the wessexes uh or whether it's up to the kids about a more public role and whether they're going to do that or not. Mm. But they need people. And as you say, they need young, relatable people. And so you were saying about maybe that is James and Louise. The Duke of Edinburgh title will pass or that'll pass on or that has passed on to Prince Charles now. Yes, he's got it in his pocket. And when he becomes king, he'll then hand it over to Edward. Edward. So what happens when Edward gets that and when Edward passes away, does that then go down to James or does that revert back to the monarchy? No, he'd he'd leave it to his son. So then little Viscount James will one day be the Duke of Edinburgh. All right. So that seems to suggest that there might be... I think that was part of the reason. I mean, that's definitely why he was only made an earl. Edward was only made an earl when they got married was to leave room for this dukedom. Mm. Uh, whether they think that will translate into being a public role for the well, kids or not, the Duke I don't Well, obviously the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. I mean... Oh, there's so much from the Duke that's going to go to the Wessexes. And that's another, that's a huge yeah. raft of presidencies and patronages that need to go to somebody. Mm. Well, I, I did hear, again, through the newspaper, so who knows how true this is, but Sophie saying, look, you know, I'll take on what I can, but I'm already... Very, very busy now. Um, Which she absolutely is. And Princess Anne, ditto. I mean, to say to them, can you take on 200 other things? It's like, stick a broom up my ass. Like, how many yeah. things can I do in a day? Mm. So I'm assuming that, yes, that, that a lot of work will be farmed over to um, um, Edward and Sophie. Uh, I don't see how it can be otherwise at the Duke of Edinburgh stuff at the very least. So... 
All right, well, I have to move on in the agenda because this meeting has limited time. <laughs> what is our press strategy? Yes, there is friendliness with the press to a degree. And Prince William has definitely allowed not an insane amount of access to him and the family. They are very controlled with it. Mm. But he obviously has ascribed to the you know fucker with me, I know fucker with you mm. uh, entente with the press, basically. Mm. That being said, a lot of the press, there was tension with William and Harry when they first came into public life because they would very carefully control public events mm. in a way that their parents' generation didn't, where there were royal photographers saying, you know, when there was a royal event, I used to be able to just wander all around, but now they get basically fenced into an area where they can shoot from mm. and have very limited access to actually speaking to the royal couple at any event. Mm. Well, I think the press has certainly proved themselves to be incapable of behaving like decent human beings. So, uh, you know, having given, been given unlimited access um, in the past, they just acted like animals. So, you know, good, fence the fuckers in. Yeah, and I, I wonder if that's led to a lack of reverence for them that was sort of... It's funny, there was... I don't remember the press. I mean, they badgered Princess Diana. Mm. There wasn't a huge amount of criticism of her ever, really, Well, I can't, that I remember. I can't remember, but we were very young then, and I, I have seen older people commenting on Twitter um, that there were some awful things. And then, look, I did see it was either a Daily Sun or Daily Mirror, and they said um, they'd published in very large letter, Diana is a whore. And then in smaller letters, you know, Diana's mother says, Diana is a whore. And so that was the Jesus headline, Christ. you know, the, the pullout bit was Diana is a whore. And I thought, okay, well, I didn't see those headlines because those papers didn't come here. Whereas now, you know, those tabloids, they've got the, the Twitter things and thousands of people have seen those within the hour of them coming out. So, I, I mean, in the, what were mainstream newspapers, they put a, picture of Fergie looking a little bit chunky on the front page with a half-page headline, Duchess, Duchess of, of Pork. Pork. Yeah. Now, they shoved a the, camera up her skirt and photographed her underwear. Oh, fuck. Um, and I remember that as a young person just going, oh, my God. Like, she, you know, you even got to see that it was like a, pardon the joke, it's not really meant to, but like it was, the underpants were like a dicky front, like, you know, the tuxedo front with the three buttons. Yes. And they got that much detail because the camera was up her skirt. Jesus Christ. And you just go, well, that's tasteful. But that was the sort of thing we grew up where the photographers thought that that was okay. Not entirely in the public interest, I might argue. <laughs> no, I sort of... I mean, so do we plug all the leaks? Instruct everybody that nobody talks to anybody behind any scenes. Mm. And I'm talking to you, Royal Sources... Everybody shut up. Mm. Give them nothing to go on. And the counter-argument is, if we don't attempt to control the narrative, we leave it 100% to them to make up whatever they like, and we don't... But they do. They, that's the thing. I mean, they are making stuff up now anyway, and it just, uh, it, it just strikes me as very grubby that they are doing the leaks. It's, it's, it's a... None of which are leaks. I mean, this no. is this is stuff that they want 
I think for the you and I'm talking generally, me, the most part, it's yeah. out there. Yeah. But also, when you talk about the people who work in publicity at the palace, mm. they can't do nothing. Mm. Leaking to the press is their job. Mm. That's their job description. Maybe so it's a, it ain't no leak. I mean, they're these palace sources are getting out there and pushing a narrative on behalf of the palace. Mm. Would they be better off if all of that wasn't happening and people could generally say anything you hear from a palace source is bullshit, whereas these days you hear it and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, did happen. Yeah. Look, it's an interesting question. I mean, you got – I mean, we can't – as someone who trained as a journalist, this idea of ethics in journalism and the British – tabloid media is a joke like it's just an utter joke people knowingly write lies and becky english i'm looking at you and then play the victim that people call them out on stuff that's lies and i just don't understand if you've got truthful information to go with you publish that or you don't but you don't go oh we can't touch that story so let's make something up and publish that instead when you're actually being given truthful information so um, yeah, there needs to be a massive overhaul um, and maybe when Rupert dies, if he ever dies, the fucker, maybe there's the possibility of that. But the... <sighs> infuriating people and getting clicks is what makes them their bread and dough, you know. Um, so they'll publish lies about the Cambridges, they'll publish lies about the Sussexes, they'll fire people up and get them angry People click, people share, that's generating income for them. Um, lies and the truth. Mm, that's what I'm saying. They make up lies about... But there's a difference between speculation, mm. like we do, and me actively making something up that is just 100% not happening. Like your ongoing affair with uh, Prince Edward? Why'd you pick Edward for me? <laughs> He's the youngest one. Where it's not creepy because, you know, they're underage or something, you know? Oh, I don't... Well, I mean, I have a pick. All right, who is it? Arthur Chateau. Oh! Margaret's grandson. Oh, why didn't I go for him? Yes! The professional rower? Yes! The video of him rowing on Instagram has got, like, a quarter of a million views <laughs> and half of them were me. <laughs> why don't we get him in on the picture? See, that's what we've got to do. Yes, all right. Your affair with... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chateau. Let's then. just get that. I don't think that's... <laughs> Believable? I think... What? what? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, because he's, he's in England and we've been in lockdown. No, that's true. It is the purely the logistics that have been keeping <laughs> us apart up until this point. Because, look, the other argument is that if you respond to things, it's the Streisand effect. Yeah. You are making it worse. If you don't know, uh, the Streisand effect is basically where you draw attention to something that you don't want attention on. Mm. Uh, somebody took helicopter shots of Barbara's backyard in Malibu, which is a very palatial uh, clifftop house, and she sued them saying it was private and no one should look at the photos, which caused the photos to go viral on the internet and everybody see the photos. Yeah. And you sort of see where I'm driving, that if you respond to something... Now I've got a second story because now I have your response. Mm. Also, if you deny it, that makes me think, holy shit, maybe they did do it. I yeah. mean, that, it takes it from a made-up story to something you're denying and maybe I believe you, maybe I don't. And that was always the case with, 
you know, politicians particularly, there always seemed to be this theory of unless things come to a really dramatic head, you just completely ignore any scandal about you. Mm. Because otherwise, there's at least one person who's saying, listen, first of all, I'd like to address what happened with me and that donkey. And someone's like, what donkey? Yeah. Now I've, now I've told, I'm telling people about it through my denial. Mm. Um, that's where the Clintons were a real sea change in American politics because they really adopt, they were the first to adopt this, have a huge media team and respond to everything. Mm. If a local newspaper wrote a story about Bill Clinton, they'd get a response from the Clinton team. You know, they would just address absolutely everything and well, look how that spiralled out of control for them. Well, um, one of the things I think with this, um, with the boom in social media is that stories never die. Like, they're just out there all the time now. And I saw, now I know people don't comment on these things, but a woman that I was following uh, was a Hollywood writer and she shared a comment which was to highlight how and I'm going to use the phrase that she used, so apologies in advance for this, but she said, oh, we're not allowed to call them retards anymore. They have to be called Asian Americans. And, oh, we're just going to make Asian Americans in sitcoms stupid as fuck. And that was the thing. Is that, that she, a thing? Oh, yeah, it's huge in America. And at the time that she wrote it, she was pointing out the fact that we're just going to wholesale write comedies where Asian people are stupid and she was calling that out. And then when I read that years ago, that was what I knew she was trying to say because she was a very eloquent person and she was fed up with, you know, being asked to write Asian Americans as stupid and gormless and the butt of all the jokes and the focal point for the stupidity in the show. And somebody who wasn't Asian took offence to that and called her, called her out as being a racist and she ignored it. That got ignored for many, many years, even though she constantly, this woman and then others started picking up and they just constantly kept throwing at it. She wouldn't answer it. She just like, nope, nope, like not even saying nope. She just didn't even respond to it. And it just kept coming and coming and coming and coming until this um, the Black Lives Matter thing and she spoke out about it. And then someone said, We're not listening to you. You're just a fucking racist. Look at this tweet that you put out no, 10 God years almighty. ago. Um, and then suddenly it became a thing because she was writing on a show where the main character, one of the four main characters, was Asian American, and he was dumb as fuck. And so she had to answer that. Cast members started calling her out, and it's just this thing that nothing ever dies on the internet. So if you don't answer it then and there, you've let that fester for ten years, and you suddenly got people going, "Well, why didn't you answer this ten years ago when we asked you about it?" And look, there's plenty of people who've had these so-called scandals that go, look, I'm not going to apologise for this every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. I've, al there's, I've already apologised, but that usually, you know, we're now in this, all these YouTubers who, you know, get caught doing sketchy shit, especially these entitled douchey Jake Paul types, mm. and then they do a tearful <laughs> apology video that mm. they think, well... Case closed. Yeah. There's, there's both where the apologies helped and where it's made it worse and where you go, okay, the guy's apologised, what do you want? And also people are like, oh, your phony apology doesn't get you off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, there's, there's all of the above. But in terms of the family and the press, you sort of have to play the game with them. Mm. 
If you ignore them, they get like a jealous ex-girlfriend and start making up even worse stuff about you. Oh, yes. They can be pretty vicious. Oh, yes. We've seen that in the last As couple of years. As we've seen, I mean, you know. Four years for Megan, really. And they are on her tits. Mm. They make up a story about her every day. Mm. And show Not no just the one. sign of stopping. But by the same token, the newspaper is a business. And for right or wrong... They, if a story gets clicks, they write another one. Yep. So if people didn't, I think people write supporters of Megan, people who hate her, either way, you're going to click on the story mm. because I do it. I go, oh, what's this bitch done now? My God. Yeah. Ring my hands, blah, blah, blah. Even if you're a supporter, you're going to be like, oh, Christ, what bullshit are they on about now? That's why a lot of uh, Sussex supporters actually do a screen capture of the story and share it so there's no clicks going back to. The Daily Mail or uh, whoever has been writing. And look, I think there's an effect there too with the people on Twitter where I'm like, why are you showing it to 50,000 people? Uh, Yes, that is a very good point that a lot of people just go, listen, I'm not here for the squaddies that share the stuff I don't want to see. Like I've I've blocked pretty much every newspaper and pretty much every reporter now, like new ones crop up that I haven't blocked. I don't want to see their content. I don't want to be infuriated. I don't want that. No, true, but now I'm thinking I'm disagreeing with everything I say in the next breath, but... Also, the people who do that, I'm like, when they're like, she wasn't even there, I'm like, wasn't even where, sir. Mm. Now I have to find it. Now I never have any idea what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a thing that generates revenue for them. They get the clicks, they get the, the advertiser revenue. Um, and you can tell people a hundred times over, stop clicking on these links, stop sharing this stuff, they'll die. But there are so many haters out there. And public opinion, as... Um, Camel Toe, Camilla Tamani said, public opinion is shaped by the media and the media go out and shape what the, the public think that they know. I mean, it's hysterical to me when people say to me, oh, I hate Meghan Markle. And you go, how can you hate a woman that you don't actually know anything about other than what you've read in the newspapers? Oh, no, 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 no. She's an attention seeker. Oh, really? And you go through their arguments and you break it all down. And it's just that they just have this diet of, the tabloid media and other people talking about what the tabloid media have said as though it's a genuine real thing because the, the tabloids want to paint her as a vill- villain and they know, there's no examination of the content or how real that that is. So they're, um, uh, what are, what's the word that they use? It's sort of um, unconsidered, unexamined, uh, acceptance of what's written in the papers. Oh, well, they wouldn't print it if it wasn't true. And there's still people who say that. Well, there must be some truth. There wouldn't be this much smoke without an actual fire. Yeah, yeah, there would be. Like, if they've got a thing that they know generates money, they're going to keep coming for her. Speaking of the major problem, mm. we can't have a strategy meeting without discussing the Sussex issue. Mm. They're not going to shut up. They're not going to go away. They barely speak. What do you mean about they don't shut up? They, they put out a thing once every couple of weeks and people go, oh, attention seekers. They're papped walking their... There'll be another Oprah interview. There'll be more bombshells from them. They haven't no, had a suitable amount of revenge yet. They're not over it in any way. I'll take you out for lunch if they do, but I don't think they will. There's going to be more 
there's going to be supplemental chapters coming of Finding Freedom. No, I thought he didn't. He um he denied that. He denied the story that was. Um... Oh, I took his denial to be someone said, "Oh, here we go. There's going to be more bashing of the family," mm. and I took what he said to be a denial that the new chapters would be bashing the family, not mm. that there aren't new chapters okay. coming. Well, either way then, I mean, there's no point in people getting up in arms that they're going to bash Philip in these chapters because he's just not going to do that, and he said he's not going to do that. So he's probably just going to talk about their new life in California. They are forever going to be outside the tent pissing in now, though. I mean, there's no bringing them back into the fold. Well, you can't stop. They can't say, to, I mean, don't publish this stuff. I mean, it's not in their control to do that. No, absolutely not. You can't not talk to them. Mm. Although I would follow Charles's example and have a witness for everything so it mm. can't get miscategorized or Charles isn't, have Charles wasn't recollections that. differ. Charles was just being a prick. I don't know what you're going to tell Gail King about this conversation, so I have to worry about well, how it's going to get characterised in the media if he when you so, leak about it tomorrow. If he thinks so little about his son that he can't even speak to his son on the telephone when his own PR department leaks all the time and his argument is that, oh, I don't know what Harry's going to say, well, then, Harry, if you really think so little of Harry, you obviously think he would just say anything to... No, yeah. I don't trust. I don't trust the wife. It's the wife of my son that I don't trust. Well, then she's the one on the phone to Gail King. You think Harry and Gail King are best pals? I don't know. I don't. Oprah know. and Gail are so high on hobnobbing with a duchess; they're thick as thieves. Well, that's your opinion. I don't think that's true. I don't think Oprah is is like that. I mean, I just, I just think Charles is a miserable bastard. He's never proved himself to be a decent parent. Uh, he hasn't pr- proven himself to be a decent. Husband, he set up trusts for Camilla's two children um, and did not set up trusts for his own two children. So I know that... Well, I mean, one of his children's going to inherit an empire. I know that, but the other one he should have set up a trust for to make sure that he was going to be okay. But I get that Camilla's a better negotiator perhaps than Diana was, but, you know, I think... If he'd given Harry a bit of money, he could have had a house with 27 crappers in it. (laughs) Poor, poor, destitute Harry. Well, Harry... Imagine being cut off from one enormous inheritance and having to, at the age of 37, dip into one of your other massive inheritances. I'm sorry, I'm getting teary. Oh, I'm I'm fake crying like... God, you're a bitch. Oh, oh no. (laughs) Firstly, they've got a mortgage on that, so I don't know how much, as he said, that that money from his mother is going to pay their security because Charles won't pay the security. Um, So... I don't know how much money. Nobody knows how much money they've got. Everybody's making guesses about it, but... Also, if I may make some of my well-famous predictions... Oh, dear. Here we go. They're going to break up within the next 20 years. She'll have had all she needs out of him, and he's a stroppy little bastard too. And as soon as he actually, you know puts his foot down over something, Mm. she'll do another batshit 180. She'll turn from ecstatically happy to threatening to kill herself again every day. She's going to be a shrew to divorce. It's going to be hard to legally divorce someone who has diplomatic immunity. People seem to think that that's, in a sense, not even really possible because it is a court proceeding that with diplomatic immunity, he wouldn't have to attend. I don't know that that's true. I've never heard that before. But then he's going to... You can't not have him back. He can't have back the roles that are going to have been assigned to other people at that point. So 
he's going to end up in a very awkward no man's land of being in another country with not many friends. And look, he might, it's difficult for any adult person to make friends. And it would be difficult for any person in that, of that status to make and trust friends. And then to be locked down in a pandemic, which is feeling like it's going to go for another fucking 20 years at this point. He's got trouble ahead. This is what I'm projecting. Well, relationships fail all the time. And what does he do? I mean, like, I I don't think that is going to happen. But I mean, you know, Catherine and William have, to all intents and purposes, living under separate roofs now. And they've got, you know, the the two places. Yeah, they do a big cover-up. But he's been having that affair with Rose Cholmondeley, Chumley. And that's not the legend. Do you think that's real? Yes, because they came out and spoke about it in, they did a release through Vanity Fair and another magazine which said, oh, they had a hiccup, but that made them realise just how important that they were to each other and they're going to, he's refocusing in on the family. So apparently shagging your wife's best friend is a hiccup and uh, it's all sorted now. That's pretty bad. I mean, and that's the thing. But, you know, a lot of royals live... There's, I mean, even if you're going to have a mistress, Mm. your wife's one of the most beautiful women in the world. Her best friend is the legend of the dog-faced woman. (laughs) I don't care what anyone says about this, Rose. She is not attractive. (laughs) I know it's not always about that, but it's not like she's an irresistible siren and you wouldn't do it with your wife's best friend. That is so unhinged. I think you're giving... uh... And I don't know that he didn't... I I mean, how do you prove he didn't do, do that? Uh, well, there's enough people talking about it who are very reliable sources who are in on the know. And, look, we know that for decades people covered for Charles and Camilla, and that was going on. Oh, yes. Um, so we can't say, oh, no, 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 that wouldn't happen because, you know, people wouldn't do that. Of course they do that. And it's, you know, it's our um, middle-class conservatism that makes us think that, you know, that that wouldn't happen. But um, back to Harry and Meghan... So what if they break up? I mean, does that mean that he was wrong to try to have a life outside of the royal family? He's not a slave. He's not owned by people. He has the freedom to make his own decisions about relationships and people make bad choices sometimes. I don't know. I don't know what their relationship is like. All I see is what we're shown. And he genuinely is in love with her and I believe that she's in love with him. And at the end of the day... He's got an enormous amount of privilege. He would always have somewhere to stay. There'll be a place he he can stay in Frogmore for the rest of his life. That's his place. He owns that until, you know, um, he dies and it reverts back to the crown. He can go and live in Frogmore and do his charitable works. He's got Cenobal, he's got Invictus, he's got Archwell. Um, I don't think if she was intending to stick, you know, to, to take his money and run off that she would have you know, set up all these charitable things with him and, and make sure that she has to present this image of being a well-connected and um, oh, happy Oh, no, I don't, yeah, person. I don't think it's a take-the-money-and-run type situation. I, I, you know, she's given up or everything. She gave up her home, her career, everything that she was doing to go and be with him, and that's, you know, a huge thing to go and do. And, you know, you could argue, and I know people do, that her long the long-term game was to get him out of there, but he was willing to go. Like, he wanted to go. Counterpoint? Mm -hmm. Fucker. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Calm down, you people. 
I just look. She's not that. I'm. The, she's not the devil. I'm just saying that. You you are saying. She's no, the I'm devil. not. I'm not. But I'm. I am saying that sooner or later they're going to come a cropper, because he is a stroppy little shit, actually. As opposed to William, who is incandescent with rage every other week. Why do we always have to what about them with the Cambridges? Well, no, I'm saying you're. You speak about this as though it's it's a rare and. Um, defining quality of Harry and that that's going to lead to his downfall. But then you've got the other brother who seems to be negotiating the living under separate roo- or under separate roofs and coming together. And he's well known for his appalling temper. I don't... We all know gingers are stroppy. That's just a genetic fact that you can't dispute. I'm a natural ginger, dude. You are not a ginger. I'm a strawberry You're a strawberry blonde. blonde. Well, that's, that's why you sometimes act same. You're a day walker in that situation. <laughs> it's the news. You sure you want me to buy you lunch, bastard? I'll get you a salad. You don't win friends with salad. You know <laughs> you that. You don't win friends with salad. You don't win friends with salad. Dick Express. Prince Harry is written off by British public after royal family row. The country has moved on. Okay, then we'll stop talking about him. Well, that was more or less my point. (laughs) The number of news stories a day about how nobody cares about Prince Harry and no one's interested. Ridiculous. Some uh, royal reporter on um, Twitter saying, this is the last time I ever talk about the Sussexes. And I'm going, thank God we've been asking you to shut the fuck up about them for four years. We don't want to hear about them from you. The United Kingdom have moved on now. Oh, okay. yes, because they don't hold a grudge. And the evidence that the that uh, the country has moved on mm. is the saying of that phrase by one person. Oh, okay. Who was that? Royal family enthusiast and Conservative Party MP. Oh, this is going to go well. Andrew Rosendale described the rift between Harry and his family as a great sadness, but he warned the UK has moved on now. And they don't consider him to have any royal in the uh, any role in the royal family anymore. Well, he doesn't. That's true enough. But, He's the uh, future people... monarch's son, so yeah, sure, okay, whatever. Again, and I've said many times that moving to America solved their main problem has not been solved and gets worse every single day. In other words, the press are now completely vicious about her twenty four seven. You can't f- a People magazine. I th- I believe that they're talking to People Magazine because People Magazine are so bloody nice about them. They're basically, when you talk about mainstream media outlets, them and Omid are the two sources of any positivity about that pair. On oh, Gail King. Oh, and Gail, yeah. yeah. But from what I read from the UK Sussex squad as opposed to the US Sussex squad, the U- US... Sussex Squad people, they don't see 95% of what we're talking about because they don't get the English media and they're not interested in the English media. I mean, why would they? They said goodbye to them over 400 years ago. The English media think they rule the world and uh, everybody else just goes, uh, sorry, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the English newspapers in particular think they're mm. very relevant. Mm. And I know you're going to say you talk about the bloody newspapers every week, but they are a good uh, bellwether of what the general gist of the media narrative is. Oh, yeah. And no, no, we're no, always talking about what the stories are. I don't uh, I don't think we've ever really endorsed that that any of these stories are true, aren't true, no, who knows. No, 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 but you're right. But they are, th- they good, are the gossip. They are the gossip, that's right. And, I mean, I we can't possibly say 
how reliable an indicator that is of the UK media, especially since the, the YouGov survey company is run by Camilla Parker Bowles' nephew. So we're not really going to get any negative. No, and again, as we said before, the newspaper is not in the business of writing stories that people don't click on. Yeah. And if you see a story the next day about the same thing, it's because people clicked on it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the the country's moved on. Okay, We don't need to discuss that pair ever again. The Express, two seconds later. (laughs) Meghan Markle and Prince Harry red-faced over hugely embarrassing Spotify blow. I have no idea what that is. Hugely embarrassing is in quotes. Okay. Which means that they've quoted someone who doesn't like the Sussexes. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry may be hugely embarrassed, is the first line of the story. They may be. You don't know that they're not. (laughs) After a fellow Spotify podcast host advised young people against getting the coronavirus vaccine. Joe Rogan, on his podcast, Mm -hmm. he didn't say don't get the vaccine. It was a whole long conversation where he discussed that he was going to get the vaccine, but he didn't have the time and that it was good to get the vaccine. What he said was, and he since clarified saying, look, I'm not a doctor and all that. He said, if I was a super fit 19-year-old person, I would probably think I don't need the vaccine. Mm. And that a lot that of was do. the sentence. Yeah. Oh, God. And he's even pointed out, he goes, listen, I'm like us. I, I edit this show and I'm listening to myself and I'm like, oh, Christ almighty, what a friggin' moronic thing to say. I mean, when you're talking, mm. even if you're as brilliant as we clearly are, <laughs> it's to some degree extemporaneous and I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth next, which is yeah. true of all day, every day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we're... you say things and then you're like, oh, shit, well, why would I even, like I have thoughts over the vaccine, which we're just not even going to get into. And they're not crazy anti-vax thoughts. No. But it's the sort of thing where you're like, listen... If you even try to discuss it, people just go off oh, half-cocked. don't they? What? Because, and look, there, there are issues, and that's where I thought you were going to go, with, with some of the vaccines and they talk about, and it's a moving feast. You don't know where the line goes, but there are some very rare complications of blood clotting with some of the mRNA vaccines. Listen to CoronaCast if you have concerns about that, but why would... I mean, even if he had come out and said, don't get the vaccine, it's bad, and he's on Spotify, why is that Harry I consider this story because someone else who has a podcast that's also on Spotify said a thing, and this, to quote the article, comes as a major blow for the couple. Oh, so... What? I mean, this this is six degrees of who gives a fuck. So you're going to say that there is a person out there on um, Patreon who's doing Patreons about why we shouldn't give a fuck about the royal family and it's going to be a major blow to us. Because that's the logic <laughs> of this. Prince Harry wore a hat. Adolf Hitler wore a hat. Oh. He loves Adolf Hitler. <laughs> like, what is the logic of this story? Like, this is an example of just a completely made-up load of horseshit. The Express. Prince Harry, oh, I can't be bothered. (laughs) It's too stupid for words. I'm not even doing it. But, you know, other people also get attacked in the press, like like in this uh, hard-hitting article. People magazine, Kate Middleton, not her name, and Prince William cuddle in gorgeous photos to mark their 10th anniversary. 
The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge are marking their 10th anniversary with new portraits taken at their palace home. And didn't they look cute as buttons? They looked alive with pleasure. I think his nose is getting a bit droopy. His looks are not headed in an upward inflection. Somebody went, is, is he really only, he's not even 40 yet? <laughs> he looks very old. But uh, He both, would be better off shaving smoke. his head and having a beard. Both of them smoke. Oh, really? That's why they look as old as they do. You wouldn't do it, would you, if you hadn't? I, I mean... Look, I know it's a hard habit to quit, but it has aged them dreadfully, and you can see that in those portraits. Like, they're not looking good. Stop the fags. It's no good for you. No, I mean, I've quit smoking, and they have a life worth living. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not give our listeners false hopes here. <laughs> the Sun! Meghan Markle's feud with the royals is Prince Harry's fault, as he didn't prepare her properly, biographer claims. Who's that? It was... Richard Lacey? I think it was Ingrid Seward. Oh, oh. Someone else I've blocked. She's, she wears a oh, dreadful no. wig. Robert Jobson, author of Prince Philip's Century. Oh, the man with no neck. Yes. Jobbo. He claimed that Meghan's lack of knowledge is mostly her husband's fault. He told page six... It's a combination of Harry and Meghan's fault, mainly Harry for not explaining it to her properly. He's not the sharpest guy, but maybe he didn't want to explain it to her. But that's bullshit, because he, she, they talked about that in the interview, about how he said to her, you know, you've got to, you know how to curtsy properly. She's like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. And, and she was Googling stuff. So he told her that she had to curtsy properly to oh, his I thought grandmother. she didn't Google stuff. She was like, what's a Google? Well, she looked it up, so I'm just assuming she said... Surely. Googled because that's where I get my information. And because she said, Remember, Fergie came out and said, You know how to do the curtsy right? So, Daily Mail hmm. Prince Harry was so shocked by the frosty reception from his family at Prince Philip's funeral that he may avoid facing them again at the unveiling of Diana's statue in the summer. A royal expert claims. I'm very concerned about this statue. I just can't statues imagine. Statues can go so badly wrong, and generally do, especially modern ones. Well, now I say that, and the Sisters of the Civil War did that dreadful one of, was it Robert E. Lee on the back of a horse, and it looks like his face is made out of a... Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, out of a, a tin lid. It's dreadful. <laughs> I mean, someone was saying that uh, when they take down the Civil War statues in the South, they should just take the generals off and leave the horses there because they didn't do anything wrong. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm not trying to be... Oh, look, it doesn't matter. Like, even if I'm I'll not just say it, what? Why do we need a statue of Diana? It's, I get, hmm. Number one, it's going to be in a sunken garden. So it's basically like a sunken 70s living room in the garden mm -hmm. because it can't be too visible from the road because you can't meaningfully change the front look of a grade one listed building, mm -hmm. which is what Kensington Palace is. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be visible from a huge number of angles or mm -hmm. be extremely prominent anyway. And the sculptor, who is uh, Ian Rank Broadley, great name, He's the sculptor who has created the likeness of the Queen, which has appeared on oil coins in the UK. Oh, okay. Which I didn't occur to me. Of course, it's not a photo. That's actually a sculpture that goes on the coin. Oh. Now, I don't know how they scale it down. I can't. He can't possibly be sculpting it at scale for a coin. This is something I should have found out. But also, doing a flat side portrait of someone mm. carved and creating a presumably life-size statue... 
Also, you can't have a bigger than life-size statue because you're not Chairman Mao. Like, that's just too... <laughs> that's too Stalinesque to get into. Yeah. So it can only be the right size. Uh, but who's going to give approval for the likeness? I mean, are, are they going to consult the boys? Yes, because they it... both have to sign off on the statue yeah. and presumably have because this thing... I'm surprised they haven't been leaked because this thing would have to exist now. He wouldn't be whipping it up in the weeks before the unveiling, I guess I don't think there would be leaks because... If Harry and William have signed off on it, everyone would know that Harry wouldn't be leaking about it. So if it got leaked, then they wouldn't have to know that it was William's crew that did that, So, um, which would look bad for William. So, But he will have to come back. And she's going to be hard-pressed to come up with an excuse not to come as well. Well, when are they doing the unveiling? Uh, very soon. See, she probably can't. Like, if she's got... A newborn baby who won't be vaccinated. She cannot be flying into an area. First July. First July. Ooh. So now, in whatever year this is, uh, what's only a month away or something, isn't it? Mm. How many? What? What are the months of the year again? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) a little way off. I don't know if the entire family will have to go to the unveiling, but if they give the give him the frosty death stairs they were giving him at the funeral, it's going to be fairly Mm. bloody awkward. Mm. Daily Mail. With friends like these. As Prince Andrew sets up a firm with a banker accused of being a sex pest, why does the Duke keep such questionable company? Oh, why are you asking this question? (laughs) Why does he hang out with dodgy perverts? Oh, I don't know. It's almost like he's a dodgy pervert. (laughs) So when he's not hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell and members of the Gaddafi family. Really? Oh, he's just choice, isn't he? He just gets better and better. He started a financial organisation of which I won't even try to fathom the nature of, apart from it's a place to hide money or not pay tax or be a trust or whatever. Of course. That's a baseless allegation on my part. I have no idea what the activity is. And but I, the point I would is, also basically, um, <laughs> baselessly allege that it could be an ideal way if you're trying to pay off people anonymously. Oh, you have to find a way to get money out as well as in. Mm. Well, the gentleman he's who's either running it or he's investing with is Harry Keogh, who was uh, a big wig at... Coots Bank, so that's how he met him in the first place, being the aristocrat's bank. But he resigned three years ago after uh, blah, 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 touching female colleagues, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. And then boasting about those sexual exploits. Oh, no. Yesterday, sources close to Andrew, and who's close to Andrew, strenuously defended both the arrangement and Keogh, who he had described as a longtime friend and advisor to the Duke and a private banker for some 20 years. Sources close to the Duke, we know who that was. Who were you saying? Oh, it'd be Fergie. Oh, I figured it was just him. No, I reckon it's Fergie. Whatever. Uh, he was amongst the guests at Princess Eugenie's wedding. I mean, your dad gets to pick some, obviously. I can't imagine that, that uh, she's very close with him. Among the claims against him are lewd comments, heavy drinking, unwanted physical contact, etc., etc. Uh, and again, in the article, they point out that that has never been the subject of any legal proceedings, and this is all alleged. Mm-hmm. But the venture was formed last June as a vehicle for Andrew's family investments. This is very dodgy sounding to me. 
Now, it's named Lancelles, which is a French town, but it's the location of a famous victory in battle of a former Duke of York. Oh. So he uses historic and familiar references to himself, uh, familial references, mm. uh, to for these investments. I guess if you have money, it makes money. Like, you have to invest it somewhere. You can't mm. have a billion dollars under the mattress and then comes infrastructure and you do need someone to run it. I mean, yeah. there's not necessarily anything sinister about the business dealings, but it's can Andrew. you find a non-molester to work for you? I know. Although at this point, who is that person? Who isn't a sexual predator? Why are you looking at me like that? Well, I don't leave the house, so <laughs> it's more lack of opportunity in my case. I've told you before, I just don't float your boat. <laughs> The boat sunk. <laughs> but he's got companies all over the place. A company under the name Andrew Inverness, because, of course, he's the Earl of Inverness. Oh, is he? How did I not know that? Gosh, I should have known that. Given that he's driving around in a Bentley, which would have to cost half a million dollars, and that French socialite lady is still claiming that they are, that he ripped her off over a skiing chalet and that he's I thought that had been paid money. out. I think eventually it was settled, but it was $6.7 million. 6.7 No, Madame pounds? Isabel de Rivera still claims money is outstanding from when the Yorks bought the Alpine Retreat in 2014. This is not low profile, no. Andrew. No, it is not. It's not good enough that you're just going to hide in your house, but could you at least just hide in your house and shut up and not do problematic shit? Mm-hmm. What a dick. And finally, Channel 7 Australia, but there's many sources of the news that we didn't get to last week, so we can't leave it out now. The Australian engineer who claims he's the love child of Prince Charles and Camilla. Now, have you looked at the photos, darling? I have. <laughs> Does his young son look like Her Majesty the Queen? He doesn't not look like her. Yeah, like... His smile, when he's smiling, I thought, oh, that's Camilla's smile. He doesn't not look like the Duchess. Mm. His story doesn't not make sense. (laughs) It's not impossible, right? No, it's not impossible. But... I don't think it really is. (laughs) I'll put put it up on the Facebook page, the article, but um, just Google this guy because everyone's... um, carried the story and the photos that he's happy to share with everyone. His name is... Simon Durante slash Day. Now, Mr. Durante Day was adopted at the age of eight months by a local couple. And his adoptive grandparents both worked for the Queen and Prince Philip in their royal households. What? Yes. They were part of the royal world. Oh. This guy's not, this guy's not crazy. He has sensible reasons to believe what he believes. I don't know how sensible they are, but this isn't just a random thing he's come up with because he's totally nuts. His grandmother told him outright many times that he was Charles and Camilla's child. Oh. Many times. Charles and Camilla first became close in 1965. He claims that Camilla disappeared from from, uh, Britain's social scene for at least nine months whilst Charles was in Australia. He has a birth certificate but found a historian who told him that the hospital, as listed on his birth certificate, 
didn't deliver a single baby during the decade he was born. It was not a hospital you had babies at. And believes that the names on his birth certificate are entirely fictitious and that those people have never been found and seemingly do not exist. What? This is getting crazier by the minute. Now I'm thinking, this guy's onto something. Yeah. He recalls being taken around houses in Portsmouth as a little boy and would spend time with a woman he believes was the Duchess of Cornwall. Based on those photos, Mm. and what is not no amount of information that might lead to that conclusion, Mm. holy shit. I know, I know. That's uh... Because I was immediately like, well, obviously something will just be immediately pointed out that shows that this guy's nuts and that that's not possible. And no one has been successfully forthcoming with that. I know that... He has, at some point in the past, I'm sure this was mentioned, but um, it's obviously gaining more traction um, as a realistic possibility when they've gone and started drilling down on the information sources and gone, oh, he's not just making shit up. This could actually, oh, okay, everything he says that we can prove, he, it, you know, he's been right on. And the other thing that makes me believe it is he doesn't actually seem to have much of an agenda of wanting anything. Oh, okay. Oh, Simon Durante hyphen day. Yes. Okay. Oh, good on him. (laughs) I don't know how he would go. I mean, there has to be somebody distantly related enough that they would be willing to give DNA that would demonstrate this. Yeah, yeah, or nay, yeah. Yes. If so, he's the king's oldest child that he had with the woman he's currently married to. Ooh. Uh, obviously, that's not going to make him legitimate. Yes. As a monarch, I believe you can just make someone legitimate by saying you're legitimate now, mm. if Henry VIII is anything to go by. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, yes, I'm just re-looking at that photograph. And that is, yeah, uh, check out the photos, kids. I'll put a link to yeah. an article up. But as I say, if you just Google Simon Durante Day... Yeah, the smile was a thing that I remember looking at his smile going, oh, my God, that's completely Camilla. Um, and even now he's still got that smile. So, God, he does look like her, though, doesn't he? He really does. Well, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen. I don't think that they're any, in any mood to acknowledge, but wouldn't you want to know your child? Thinking about Charles and Camilla now, I mean... Yeah, but... Charles is a dreadful father and always oh, has right. been. Yeah, so, the, yeah, that's right. He's not entirely interested in the kids he already has. No, no, that's right. Um, he's not interested in really in his grandchildren either. So, like, uh, yeah, I think that he's a fairly broken human being in that way. So, and I'm going to get that person who works for the royal family contacting me again. Sorry, he's used to you leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. I think that he's a, he is a lot more aware than he used to be. And if you look back at yourself 20 years ago... Oh, God, no. Don't make me do that. <laughs> I mean, not me. I mean, specifically you. Yeah, I know. No, I know. say goodbye, Katie. <laughs> Bye, Katie. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. 
Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Please rate and review us on iTunes. And to subscribe to the podcast, or join our Patreon and hear those shows, or to follow us on social media, all the links are on royalgossippodcast.com. See you next time. Oh, yes. So do you want a foot long? Do I ever? <laughs> <laughs>